Un petit feu pour démarrer, une caresse pour décoller. Si tu veux te réchauffer, faut savoir bien piguiner. C'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour le moral. Hello there on Monday, the 1st of February, 2021. It's 8 in the morning here in the Gambia. The start of a new day, a new week, a new month, and an all-new coffee time with Peter Gomez. Live on West Coast Radio 92.1, I am Aji Jogob Khan. And the program is brought to you courtesy of OIC Gambia and Banjul Cipiad Company Limited. Gambia may be the smallest country in Africa, but it will host the second largest gathering of world leaders in 2022 to successfully host the OIC Summit. The government of the Gambia set up OIC Gambia to mobilize resources for the implementation of key development and infrastructure projects on a scale never seen before. 20 new roads will be constructed across the country and the Bertel Harding Highway will be expanded into a dual carriage highway of two lanes on each side from the airport to Sting Corner. All people in the Gambia deserve clean water and a constant flow of electricity. Therefore, an entirely new water system will be constructed, including new transmission and distribution networks to meet the increasing demand. In order to provide a more reliable supply of electricity, the OIC Gambia project will replace and double the capacity of the Nawak transformers and overhead electric cables. We will equip the police with modern apparatus and technical training in an effort to keep the streets of the Gambia safe. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Ports Authority, delivering excellent services to marine and industrial servicing. Our services also include welding and carpentry. Our welding works includes fabrication of tanks for petrol stations, marine buoys, roof trusses, buckler proofs, steel gates, and many more. Our carpentry workshop provides office furniture, such as filing cabinets of all sizes, junior executive decks, household furniture, bedroom sets, kitchen sets, roofing works, school furniture, and many more. With Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, we get it done for you, so worry no more. For more information, call 997-7271 or 790-6256. Coming up on this program, President Barrow launches his political party ahead of elections in December. But what does the main opposition UDP make of his promises? Doctors slam the lack of leadership as the Gambia faces a second wave of coronavirus threatening to be more serious than the first outbreak. Firefighters have prevented a disaster at a petrol station along Kairaba Avenue, and the World Health Organization has criticized the European Union over EU vaccine controls. We also have the Monday papers, and that will follow right after this. The ECOWAS Brown Card Scheme is an extension of domestic motor third-party liability insurance covers within the ECOWAS subregion. The scheme was established by the Protocol on Free Movement of Goods and Persons across ECOWAS national boundaries to facilitate economic integration. Each ECOWAS member state therefore has a national office coordinating its activities. So in the event of an accident with another ECOWAS motorist, immediately contact the National Bureau of the country where the accident occurs. You are guaranteed immediate assistance and payment of any civil liability claim arising from the accident. The contact details of all national bureaus are at the back of the ECOWAS Brown Card Certificate. 
For more information, please contact National Bureau ECOWAS Bound Card Insurance Scheme at 10 C. Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul, or telephone 4201637-707-1004, or email info at ECOWASBoundCard.gm or samsehu at msn.com. The Voice opens our review this morning, and these are the headlines on the front page. Gambia is 102nd out of 108 on Corruption Index. UNICEF cautions as more people disregard COVID-19 protocols. Mass gathering at NPP launching can lead to spread of COVID-19 in Gambia. And President Barrow says NPP is Gambia's party. Freya's front page says Barrow's legacy to sustain 2016. NRA spent over $220 million on road maintenance as of 2019. Ministry reveals total number of government-owned buildings unknown. Importers link essential commodity prices to demurrage charges and magistrates directed to hear rent cases. The point is saying this morning, prevention against torture bills set for approval. Barrow's economic decision generates condemnation. God warns Gambia unprepared for second wave of COVID-19 and NPP launched with leader claiming it represents present and future. And on the front of the standard, we read, NPP is out to sustain the 2016 change. Dois Adamaba blast government for lack of leadership in fight against COVID-19. Victims vow to settle for nothing but Jamis prosecution. Barrow renews commitment to judicial independence. And over 1,000 teachers promoted. And that was your first look at Monday's papers, thanks to The Point. Foria, the standard and the voice. For more than 50 years, the Gambia Chamber of Commerce and Industry has championed the rights of women in business. Every year, the GCCI recognizes their growing importance with the Business Woman of the Year Award. To further empower women in business, the GCCI, in partnership with UNDP, has launched a Women's Business Advocacy, or WBA, campaign. With this campaign, the GCCI seeks to challenge structural barriers and stereotypical patterns that hinder the promotion of women's participation and leadership in economic activities. The Women's Business Advocacy, therefore, will help excluded women to enter the business sphere and show their leadership skills, taking advantage of the enabling and supportive environment created by the GCCI. President Barrow officially launched his year-old political party at the weekend, just over four years since leaving the United Democratic Party to head the coalition that defeated Jame in the 2016 presidential election. The party, he promised, would guarantee the rights of women, youth, and all Gambians. But as our senior reporter al Kuli points out, President Barrow failed to set out how an NPP-led government plans to tackle corruption and the country's increasingly unaffordable food prices. Running a political war machine ahead of December 4th presidential election to amass support for his newly established party as part of every campaigner's toolkits, President Barrow on Saturday launched the National People's Party NPP. Speaking to thousands of NPP surrogates and sympathizers poured at the Independent Stadium in Bacau on the vision of the party. Our party's vision is to build a nation we can be proud to call home. This is drive 
from the desire for positive, transformative change that will result in an all-inclusive, all-progressive, and an accomplished society of happy, peaceful, dignified, and united people who are proud to call the Gambia home. The NPP automatic flag Biara President Barrow promises. The NPP leader swiftly jumped on to lower the youthful population of 64%. We believe that the youth should be meaningfully involved in discussions and decision-making on youth matters, intensify as part of the strategies to address unemployment, crime, illegal migration, drug abuse, and all devices associated with these invaluable resources of the nation, and that the NPP government will pay more attention to the youth and ensure that their lives and potential are not wasted. For far too long, Gambian women have been used by politicians as political tools for political gains. In view of all this, the NPP will prioritize policy decisions to alleviate their suffering, Although he failed to outline how the NPP government intends to fight corruption, President Barrow vowed to promote accountability for appropriate action and maintain that with the ongoing transitional justice process in the country, the NPP government will pursue the reform agenda of our judicial and justice system with vigor. Under his watch, the Gambia's health care system remains a challenge and the vulnerability of our health care system is an open secret. In this regard, the NPP leader promises we plan to increase health care spending and build more general hospitals, community hospitals, and daycare centers. Prices of basic commodities is becoming a nightmare in the country. Yet, the NPP government's vision failed to outline how to bring down prices of essential goods in the country once it take over the 2021 election. To wrap up his marathon speech on security, which is now in the hands of foreigners vis-à-vis -vis the economic set to prolong its stay in the country with the coming of the economic police mission, an NPP government will give the fullest support to the armed and security services. So how does the UDP, the party the president left four years ago and is believed to be the biggest hurdle to his re-election bid, respond to Barrow's promises? We've heard it all before, says its spokesman, Almamital. Quite frankly, we've been hearing a lot uh, from the NPP side uh, about promises, but most of them have turned out to be uh, false promises. Uh, these are not promises kept. So really, uh, whatever you want to say about uh, youth employment, uh, helping young people, I mean, we've heard it before. We have seen banners bigger than, uh, you know, these ones that are around. So really, I mean, uh, we are not uh, going to be comparing uh, our vision with uh, the vision of the NPP because, I mean, uh, we have a record in this country that I don't believe any political party uh, will uh, fairly or rightly uh, question. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I just have to mention certain things that happened in April 2016 for, for you who had been around and reporting on events, to know that, I mean, our party uh, has a very, very uh, uh, superior strategy uh, to challenge uh, the issues of this country. Whilst we were in the executive, every Gambian realized that our country uh, can become uh, a world champion. We have gone to the, we have gone back to the Commonwealth. Uh, we have uh, had a Roundtable conference, 1.7 billion 
dollars was pledged to, to help Gambia come around. Our image internationally has been restored. So, so really, um, uh, the vision of the United Democratic Party, we have uh, explained in some detail, and we will continue to uh, explain that our priority is going to be in building a capable state that is going to prioritize agricultural transformation, that is going to uh, not only talk about youth empowerment, but actually empowers youth. If you go to our National Assembly members, if you go to the uh, munis municipal authorities, across the board, all of our leaders are young people, uh, even, uh, you know, young in African uh, terms. So uh, we don't see uh, the launch of a, of a new party because a new party has to prove itself. I mean, and the people are the ones who are going to judge whether promises that are made yesterday are going to go the same way as promises that were made in the past. That was Alma Mittal, spokesman of the opposition United Democratic Party. Meanwhile, for the second time since the outbreak of the pandemic in the Gambia nearly a year ago, an alliance of doctors has criticized the barrel-led government for failing to show leadership that people can get behind. On the eve of President Barros Lavi's inauguration of the NPP at the Independent Stadium, the Gambian Association of Resident Doctors issued a statement condemning the authorities, Gambians in general, and politicians in particular for, as they put it, forgetting that the pandemic is still here. The statement was signed by Dr. Musa Marena, president of the GARD. He spoke to this program earlier. Myself, two weeks ago, I had contact with somebody with COVID-19 and had to be in quarantine for 10 days. So we've seen that the cases are now multiplying. So that's why we came up with this press release because the, our, our lead ministry has not been advocated because they have been empowered to, to bring regulations and to enforce this regulation. So we've not seen any enforcement. We've not seen any leadership when it comes to COVID. We have so many committees of COVID, but we've not seen that leadership. That would tell the people that there is a disease within the country and the people need to follow these precautions to prevent the spread of the virus. And so many people had the virus and others were critical. So, and we didn't have the manpower. We didn't have the manpower. We didn't have the resources. Even countries like the U.S. and other countries who had resources, material resources, have been overwhelmed by COVID-19. So you could imagine if this country should also be overwhelmed, what could happen? But, uh, Doctor, of course, in your press release, uh, the Resident Doc uh, Doctors Association, uh, of course, uh, argues that uh, the Gambia is not prepared for a second wave. But, of course, President Barrow, in an interview, said that, I mean, his government is uh, ready and prepared for uh, the second wave. So how do we reconcile this argument? Uh, we are on the ground. We know, we, we, we know what happens on the ground. If 36 of our, our, of our colleagues could be exposed, you could imagine, and more than 200 nurses could be exposed in the first wave, you could imagine what could happen. So I'm not here to talk about what the president says and what we say, but what we said is a fact on the ground. When you go onto the ground, as of now, there are very few doctors who are even directly working under COVID-19. The rest of the doctors, you remember when and many of our colleagues have been infected. The hospitals have to shut down because the staff were not there. 
people were going under quarantine. And this could be repeated. I have not seen anything new from from now, which could have shown we are ready for the, for the second wave. I'm sure you go to the hospital from time to time. You should be able to do your own investigation to compare what the what the resident doctors are saying and what the president and other people are saying. Fortunately for us, there's nothing new when it comes to COVID-19. Other countries are preparing. There are vaccinations going on. So we would urge the government and all stakeholders who could help that so that we can get the vaccine in this country. Our people need to be vaccinated because we cannot continue to tell people to stay at home. People need to survive. There are Some are living on a daily wage. They are living from hand to mouth. What they get in a day is what they spend the following day. So if you ask those people to stay at home, and our kids are also going to school, we can't stop their education because of COVID-19. So now we need to move on. But how do we move on? We need to have prepare to be able to move on. So vaccines are something that we are urging the government and the Ministry of Health to make it as as possible that these vaccines are available in the country and people get vaccinated. This will also encourage the people to continue wearing face masks, social distancing. And that was Dr. Musa Marina, president of the Gambian Association of Resident Doctors. ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme allows motorists to travel across ECOWAS countries with the guarantee that third-party accident victims are compensated. Under the directive of the Central Bank of the Gambia, National Bureau has started implementation of the automatic issuance of ECOWAS Brown Card Certificate to all motorists taking the local third-party motor insurance policy at a cost of not more than $325. This is an ECOWAS agreement signed by the authorities of ECOWAS Heads of States. The rationale is that we are in an ECOWAS space where even if you don't travel outside your country, foreign motorists may enter your country and cause an accident which may affect you. For more info, contact Gambia National Bureau ECOWAS Brown Insurance Scheme at 10 C Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul. Or telephone 4201637-707104-3077781. Or email info at ECOWASBrownCard.gm or samsehu at msn.com. The GCCI is proud to champion the UNDP Gender Equality SEAL Certification Program in the Gambia. This program provides a concrete tool for the public and private sectors to come together to help achieve the Sustainable Development Goals by reducing gender gaps and promoting both equality in the workplace and women's economic empowerment. Already, more than half the exhibition stalls at the GCCI Annual Trade Fair Gambia International are women-owned, and the Chamber has also facilitated the participation of Gambian women in exhibitions all over the world. With the African continental free trade area set to become a reality in 2021, the GCCI stands ever ready to work with Gambian businesswomen to help them gain a competitive advantage in new and developing markets. And still to come on the program, firefighters called to a fuel station along Kairaba Avenue. What caused the blaze? More than a thousand teachers gained promotion. Is the honeymoon already over for Biden, less than one week in office? And the World Health Organization criticizes the EU over vaccine export controls. 
I am Aji Jagopkan, live on West Coast Radio 92.1. It's Coffee Time with Peter Gomez, and it's brought to you in association with Banjul Sipiat Company Limited and OIC Gambia. If you need services of machine shop, worry no more. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Ports Authority, delivering excellent services to marine and industrial servicing. We have sofas grinding for top cylinder heads, threading of pipes, shafts and nuts, machining of axle for trucks, regrooving of pistons, pressing works, drilling works, wheel drum and dig scheming. Our electrical workshop does repair and servicing of electronic equipment, wiring of buildings, electrical installation works, and many more. Banville Shipyard Company Limited, we are your solution to marine and industrial services. For more information, call 997-7271 or 790-6256. Building the largest international conference center in the region, a five-star hotel with state-of-the-art facilities, first-class mobility services, and improving the VVIP experience at the Banjul International Airport, OIC Gambia will position the Gambia as the leading conference destination in West Africa. With our partners in the tourism sector, we will reinforce the preeminent position of our nation, the Smiling Coast, as a go-to destination. The OIC Gambia will create strategic partnerships that calls for the involvement of local talent and businesses as a matter of requirement. In short, OIC Gambia projects will create jobs, boost commerce, accelerate growth, improve the urban outlook and lifestyles of many families across the Gambia. So let's support the OIC Gambia as it prepares us for one of the biggest global events. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. Welcome back. On his way home after work last night, our senior reporter Alhaji Koli was called to a fire incident along the Kairava Avenue. He sent us this report from the scene of the blaze. Now, following Pura's brouhaha with jar oil over illegal planting of uh, field stations in our settlement, of course, I am here at Westfield, where the Castle field station has just caught a fire. And, of course, the fire tenders and fire service officers are here uh, to extinguish the fire. So that's the fire tender. And of course, the fire service are trying to uh, open a car here. It is a taxi that already caught fire. Good evening. This is West Coast Radio. Can you tell us what caused this fire, if you are a witness? Okay. I was selling one driver there. So the driver came and gave me money. No, she gave the girl the money. So when the girl took the money, she, he needed 10 liters. 10 liters is costing 4.25. So 4.25, I should return uh, 25 to him because uh, he gave me 4.50. So. When he gave, when when I gave the handed the girl the change before I even finished pumping the uh, this in the fuel. No, when it is coming to be finished, it used to be slow, slowing. He did not even wait for me to even close, much more, even to finish pumping the fuel. So much more than closing the the, the tank, uh, the, the tank. 
He just pulled the car. He did not even push it slowly. If at all he has pushed it, uh, moved the car slowly, I would have just pulled it. But the way he just pulled the car was too fast, so I could not pull uh, pull out this thing, the pump. When that happened, the pump, the, the, this thing, the machine fell down, and it, then the fire started coming out. Okay. Mm. So who would you say is the cause of this fire? It's the driver because he should have listened until I, I tell him that you are it's done, you can go. Then he, he can start going. Or he should have came down and just wait until when he sees that everything is finished. Like the other, how the other drivers do it. But he did not do the same, the same thing. He just sat in, inside his car. He did not even wait for us to tell him that you can go. He just pulled his car. So was the fire service on time here to rescue? Yeah, they were on time because it's only the, 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 the machine that burned. It's only the machine that burned. But apart from the machine, the building did not like that much. Alhaji Koli sent that dispatch from the Castle Petrol Station near Westfield, where firefighters were quick to bring a potentially disastrous fire outbreak under control with minimal damage, as we were just hearing there. And from near disaster to unbridled joy, as more than 1,000 teachers across the country are bound to wear a smile today after they gain promotion. Banasa Bali has the details of that report. The Ministry of Basic and Secondary Education through the Gambia Teachers Union, has promoted over 1,000 teachers across the country during the weekend. This promotion came at a time when more than 70% of teachers for over decades did not gain any promotion despite their hard work. The Gambia Teachers Union made this revelation during a press briefing on the 2020 teachers promotion exercise with its members. The Deputy General Secretary of the Teachers Union, SSO, highlighted the update and analysis of the 2020 teacher promotion exercise. Out of these 1,228, 500 of them were females. And I want to believe this is the single largest number of female school managers the ministry had ever witnessed. We are also pleased to report that out of this number, 302 of them were promoted from Region 1. 542 promoted from Region 2, making uh, uh, representing 46 percent and 286 from region 3 representing 28 percent 26 percent 52 from region 4 representing 23 percent 92 from region 5 representing 15 percent and then region 6 19 percent so to speak usman ba the educational director for region 1 says the ministry of basic and secondary education will ensure that teacher promotion wouldn't be prolonged in the future the last promotion, I think, if I can remember, we had was in 2015, which is a long time ago. A lot of teachers have retired. Some have never been promoted along the way. They have retired. Others left the system. We want to assure teachers that we are going to put a system in place. We will never have this backload of promotions again in the system. In the sense that from now, henceforth, what we will have is once a crop of teachers have retired, Immediately, the next batch will come on. That's what we are going to do now. Despite there was a promotion in 2015, the teachers' union proved to the government before the 2020 promotion that there were 550 teachers who were teaching for over two decades without any promotion. That inadequate assurance of teachers' welfare by government has also prompted some teachers to form a movement called Teachers for Change. The movement succeeded in conducting sit-down strikes which affected both teachers and students. 
with little impact at the end. The president of the Gambia Teachers Union, Ismaila Sisa, says, now that what they were calling for is being realized, teachers should double up their efforts. Yes, we are fighting for you. Yes, we are doing all this work to make sure you get what you deserve. But equally, we want you to continue working very, very hard. Do not allow yourself to be found wanting. Make sure you are never found wanting at your workplace. You do the right thing and always try to cooperate with the authorities in order to make sure our dreams, that is the national dream, to, in order to at least achieve quality education is realized at the end of the day. Reporting for West Coast Radio, I am Banna Sabali. Let's return to coronavirus and the European Union is under fire for introducing tighter rules on exports of COVID-19 vaccines that could hit shipments to many countries. It comes amid a deepening EU dispute with drug manufacturers Pfizer and AstraZeneca over supplies of potentially life-saving shots. The World Health Organization has now warned the EU against export controls, saying vaccine nationalism will only prolong the pandemic. David Taylor is Professor Emeritus of Pharmaceutical and Public Health Policy, University College, London. Well, the WHO, you've just said, is making a big point about we're very lucky to have vaccines. They will keep up as the variants change. And the big task is over the world over the next year or two, bringing the pandemic under control, which we will do. In Europe, there's been a hiccup essentially in around the middle of the year, the European Commission, the bureaucracy that runs Europe, saw an opportunity for itself in taking away vaccine purchasing from the member states, the countries like Germany and France, and running a great big purchasing scheme, which they said would save money and be more efficient. They, in fact, weren't very good at it. They took a long time. They didn't know enough to keep in touch with the manufacturers and know the big risks there are in setting up these new production chains. So suddenly they realised in the last few weeks they had a problem and they would get political attack from the member states. Mm. So what do they do? They blame the drug company, which has pioneered the development of the AstraZeneca-Oxford vaccine and trying to supply it worldwide at cost. They blame the company and they take a swipe at the UK as well. That's in a nutshell the story. Well, they blame the company, take a swipe at the UK and they threaten or in fact do introduce um, supply controls, don't they? Isn't that the upshot of it? Is that where we're at? I think their threat was mainly aimed that there are a couple of factories in the UK now producing and they wanted to divert from... They knew they didn't have a case in law, I believe. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. all this is my opinion, remember. They knew they didn't have a legal case, so they tried to win the court of public opinion in Europe and look tough acting on a drug company and getting that supply which was contracted to the UK to Europe. Now, there can be legal arguments around that. Were they ever threatening the rest of the world? They'd have to take on the US. They'd have to take on Australia. I don't think they were doing that. But there's a danger, of course, if you get politicians who really are trying to care for themselves first and the rest of the world second. Yeah, that's a long story here, isn't it? Yeah, if they can muck around with that, then then we shouldn't let it happen. And I don't think it is going to happen. People listening shouldn't be worried. They're not going to be able to do that. That was David Taylor, Professor Emeritus of Pharmaceutical and Public Health Policy, 
University College London. He spoke to the ABC's Fran Kelly. The ECOWAS Brown Card Scheme is an extension of domestic motor third-party liability insurance covers within the ECOWAS sub-region. The scheme was established by the Protocol on Free Movement of Goods and Persons across ECOWAS national boundaries to facilitate economic integration. Each ECOWAS member state therefore has a national office coordinating its activities. So in the event of an accident with another ECOWAS motorist, immediately contact the National Bureau of the country where the accident occurs. You are guaranteed immediate assistance and payment of any civil liability claim arising from the accident. The contact details of all national bureaus are at the back of the ECOWAS Brown Card certificate. For more information, please contact National Bureau ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme at 10 C Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul, or telephone 4201637-707-1004 or email info at ECOWASBrownCard.gm or samsehu at msn.com. For more than 50 years, the Gambia Chamber of Commerce and Industry has championed the rights of women in business. Every year, the GCCI recognizes their growing importance with the Business Woman of the Year Award. To further empower women in business, the GCCI, in partnership with UNDP, has launched a Women's Business Advocacy, or WBA, campaign. With this campaign, the GCCI seeks to challenge structural barriers and stereotypical patterns that hinder the promotion of women's participation and leadership in economic activities. The Women's Business Advocacy, therefore, will help excluded women to enter the business sphere and show their leadership skills, taking advantage of the enabling and supportive environment created by the GCCI. The United States is still struggling to contain the coronavirus pandemic while it races to vaccinate the population. New President Joe Biden wants Congress to pass a $1.9 trillion relief package, but he is facing strong opposition from Republicans who argue it's way too much to spend, foreshadowing a possible showdown in Congress. The ABC's Matthew Doran reports. As the biggest snowstorm in two years hit Washington, D.C., the White House almost disappeared from view, blending into the fluffy powder falling around it. But the new administration remains firmly in the sights of Senate Republicans, who are today issuing their own storm warning. It will set President Biden down a path of partisanship that I think will poison the well for other bipartisanship we'll, we'll need on so many issues. That's Republican Senator Rob Portman of Ohio speaking on CNN, responding to suggestions Democrats could force the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package through the Senate if negotiations with their counterparts fail. Senator Portman is one of 10 Republicans who've pitched their own significantly smaller stimulus package, reportedly in the range of around $600 billion. He argues the president's proposal is too broad, splashing cash on some Americans who are coping with the economic downturn just fine, rather than focusing on those who are really struggling. And at a time of unprecedented deficits and debts, and a debt as a percentage of the economy is as high as it's been in our nation's history since World War II, we need to be sure this is targeted. We welcome the input to say uh, where we may have uh, not gotten everything right, where we could be more effective. Brian Deese is the director of President Biden's National Economic Council. He's told CNN the White House will listen to concerns of Republicans about the package, 
But he's making it clear it will have to be a very strong argument for them to budge at all. While there has been focus on this cost, increasingly over the course of the week, we have seen study after study show what the cost is if we don't act. Four million jobs lost. The Biden proposal includes direct payments to Americans in the range of $1,400, along with hundreds of billions of dollars to expand the COVID-19 vaccination and testing programs, boosting unemployment benefits and giving schools more resources so they can reopen and return to in-person teaching. Senator Portman says there's merit in some elements of the package, but not all of it. Much of what uh, the administration has laid out has nothing to do with COVID-19. We are going to look forward to working with Republicans. But right now, this country faces an unprecedented set of crises. Senator Bernie Sanders is urging his counterparts across the aisle to get on board, telling ABC America they need to think of the greater good. All of us will have differences of opinion. This is a 1.9 trillion dollar bill. I have differences and concerns about this bill, but at the end of the day, We're going to support the President of the United States. Senator Sanders believes Democrats will force the bill through the Senate if Republicans don't play ball, a manoeuvre which could put early strain on the relationship between the Biden White House and Congress. And that report was by Matthew Doran. The Gambia may be the smallest country in Africa, but it will host the second largest gathering of world leaders in 2022 to successfully host the OIC summit. The government of the Gambia set up OIC Gambia to mobilize resources for the implementation of key development and infrastructure projects on a scale never seen before. 20 new roads will be constructed across the country and the Bertle Harding Highway will be expanded into a dual carriage highway of two lanes on each side from the airport to Sting Corner. All people in the Gambia deserve clean water and a constant flow of electricity. Therefore, an entirely new water system will be constructed, including new transmission and distribution networks to meet the increasing demand. In order to provide a more reliable supply of electricity, the OIC Gambia project will replace and double the capacity of the Nawak transformers and overhead electric cables. We will equip the police with modern apparatus and technical training in an effort to keep the streets of the Gambia safe. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Post Authority. The Banjul Shipyard Company Limited specializes in marine services, such as shipbuilding, repairs and maintenance of vessels of all categories. We do marine diving services, production of diving oxygen for sale, inspection of underwater parts of vessels and many more. Our shipwright works include docking, restoring and maintaining vessels of different types. We are Bandul Shipyard Company Limited. We are your solution to marine and industrial services. For more information call 997-7271 or 7906256. And with that we end this Monday edition of Coffee Time with Peter Gomez brought to you in association with OIC Gambia and Banjul Shipyard Company Limited. Join Peter Gomez and the two Ibrahimas tomorrow for the longer version of the program. On behalf of Banna Sabali and Al Kuli, this is Aji Jogobkan thanking you for listening and hoping you have a great week. <laughs>